Buonasera! My name is Marcello. I am a tour leader with Explore. Ciao! Come, follow me. Behind this 200 year old gate is the best view of one of Rome's finest fountains. Ah, oh, bellissima! Look at the Renaissance detail, the sunlight in the bronze! Not everyone knows about Turtle Fountain, but you will if you explore. Search explore.co.uk and don't just travel, explore. Hey there, and welcome to my Saturday mini-sode. I know that weekends can often be quite difficult when you're single and you don't have kids. So I wanted to do a very short episode every Saturday morning, just so that you can listen to someone first thing on a Saturday who totally gets it, who totally has your back, and who knows that weekends can still be awesome, even more so, when you're on your own. I'm gonna be talking about all sorts of things from my general wonderings to my words of wisdom about life. Take the word wisdom with a huge pinch of salt to stuff that I'm currently obsessed with, whether that be books or music or podcasts. Whatever it is, I really hope that you guys will enjoy it. So, without further ado, here we go. Hello, and welcome back to my Saturday mini-sode. Now, this week, I'm talking about sleep, one of my favourite things in the whole wide world. Now, I am the kind of person who cannot function without enough sleep. I need at least seven hours, preferably eight, if not nine. Um, I will literally leave something early because I know I need to go home and go to bed and get my sleep. And I just do not like how I feel after a really late night. And even if I have a really late night and then I let myself sleep in, which I hate doing, I still don't feel right because I personally think it's actually those hours of sleep that you get in before midnight that really count for a lot. And I know this isn't possible for everybody, you know, people who work shifts or people who work late. But for me personally and my life, it's kind of a non-negotiable because when I haven't slept well or I've gone to bed too late, I just feel like shit. I'm not on my game. I'm not as productive. I just feel off. And I've noticed that the older I've got, the more I'm affected by not getting enough sleep, particularly that kind of before midnight sleep. Now, I get up pretty early, so I have had to completely shift the time I go to bed, which isn't necessarily easy, but it's just something that I prioritise. And that doesn't mean I always succeed at going to bed early. In fact, recently I've been going to bed later than I would like. And what sort of tends to happen is that I kind of come back to life in the evening, having had that sort of afternoon lull where I feel a bit sleepy. And then I'll be wide awake for the sort of, you know, late afternoon, early evening. Um, and if I'm working on the podcast, for example, I find it quite difficult to tear myself away if I'm in the middle of something. But I do try. And in an ideal world, I will have my lights out by 10. And in fact, what is amazing, what is even more amazing, is when I start thinking about getting ready for bed around about nine, and then if I'm in bed by like 9.30, even better. That is really ideal when I'm getting up at 5.30. Now, sleep is the absolute best thing that we can do to reset our brain and our body health. And we all know it's important, but I do wonder if we know enough about how detrimental not getting enough sleep really is. So 
I thought I would talk a bit about some things I've learned about how incredibly important sleep is for our physical health, our mental health and our overall well-being, as well as how bad it is for our health when we're not getting enough of it. Because getting a quote-unquote good night's sleep every night is impacting not only how long we live, but how well we live. And I think most of us know that we should be getting somewhere between, you know, seven and nine hours every night. But then, of course, it's also about the quality of that sleep, which should consist of both REM sleep and non-REM sleep. I'm not going to go into this because it's way too scientific for me. But one thing that I didn't know until recently is that it's actually okay if we wake up during the night to, you know, go to the loo or get a drink of water that's totally fine, as long as we're not then taking longer than about 20-25 minutes to get back to sleep. It's when we're taking more than 25-ish minutes to get back to sleep that we might need to ask ourselves what's going on. So just very briefly, lack of sleep has been linked to Alzheimer's, cancer, diabetes, obesity and mental health issues. And in in fact, according to sleep scientist and expert, Dr. Matt Walker, pretty much all mental health patients have sleep issues in as much as they're not getting enough of it or the quality is not sufficient. And that is pretty freaky, if you ask me. And another thing that scared the absolute shit out of me is that adults aged 45 years or older, I'm 47, um, adults 45 and over who sleep less than six hours a night are 200% more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke in their lifetime um, compared with those who are sleeping seven seven or eight hours a night. So the general message is that the shorter your sleep, the shorter your life. And this same guy, this sleep scientist, Matt Walker, who has been researching this stuff for 20 years, also said the following about his own sleep habits. He said this, I give myself a non-negotiable eight-hour sleep opportunity every night and I keep very regular hours. If there is one thing I tell people, it's to go to bed and to wake up at the same time every day, no matter what. I take my sleep incredibly seriously because I have seen the evidence. Once you know that after just one night of only four or five hours sleep, your natural killer cells, the ones that attack the cancer cells that appear in your body every day, drop by 70%. Or that a lack of sleep is linked to cancer of the bowel, prostate and breast. Or even just that the World Health Organization has classed any form of nighttime shift work as a probable carcinogen. How could you do anything else? And this is a quote from a guy who, as I say, has been studying sleep for 20 years. So we need to start taking our sleep seriously and getting good at our daily sleep habits. And like he says there, the main thing he advises people to do actually is to go to bed and get up at the same time every single day. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, some things that I've learned from various podcasts about sleep, both things we should avoid and things we can do to promote better sleep. The first thing is that we want to try and get at least 30 to 40 minutes of some kind of exposure to natural daylight as early in the day as possible. And then we also want to aim for a decrease in light towards the end of the day, which is why I've heard many people talking about, you know, not looking at screens or not taking your phone to bed for at least like, you know, an hour before you go to bed, if you can avoid screens for that hour before bedtime. 
And I know this one is extremely difficult for a lot of people, myself included. But anyway, when it comes to getting natural daylight exposure, that can even mean sitting by a window while you're working if you can't actually get outside for a walk during the daylight hours, which obviously gets harder as we you know, go into this time of year, certainly in the UK. Um, and it could also look like working out in a gym and jumping on a running machine that is facing a window. That is another way of getting light exposure. And speaking of the gym and natural light, both exercise and daylight are brilliant for resetting our circadian rhythm every day, which subsequently helps us to sleep better. So yeah, morning daylight is a really, really good thing to get if you possibly can. Okay, moving now on to two things that deeply, deeply depress me. I bet you can guess what they are. Caffeine and alcohol. Yeah. Well, let's talk about caffeine first. I think most of us know that we should really avoid drinking caffeine later in the day, but apparently we should count back 10 hours from when we're going to go to bed and stop drinking it at whatever time that is. So if you go to bed at 10pm, you should stop drinking caffeine at midday. Don't ask me about the science, but this is something to do with the fact that caffeine and its effects actually remain in our systems for several hours after we've had that drink, which is why we need to leave so many hours between caffeine and bedtime if we want to sleep properly. So I guess the moral of the story is to try and limit caffeine as much as you can to the morning more often than not. And of course, we're not going to do that all the time, but we'll be better off doing it more often than not. And As I say, this one really pains me personally because I'm a coffee lover and I will happily meet someone for an afternoon coffee at like four o'clock and not think anything of it. But I'm actually trying to stop drinking caffeine, um, you know, by about sort of 11, 11.30 in the morning. Because because ultimately, even if you can actually get to sleep when you've been drinking caffeine late in the day, the depth and quality of your sleep will not be as good. So it's really worth bearing that in mind. And as I say, I'm totally talking to myself here because I drink a lot of coffee. So this leads me into alcohol, which frankly makes me want to cry because I'm as bad with alcohol as I am with caffeine. I'm not proud of this, but I basically drink every night. Not a lot every night, but I will always, pretty much always, no, always, have at least a glass of wine in the evening, if not a couple of glasses of wine. But the thing is that even though it feels as though a couple of glasses of wine will help us fall asleep, what's actually happening is that it essentially just sort of sedates us and kind of makes us go unconscious rather than us actually properly falling asleep. Because passing out from too much booze does not constitute falling asleep in the strict sense. And it certainly doesn't result in the sort of essential restorative things that happen to us when we fall asleep minus alcohol. Basically, alcohol disrupts our sleep. It breaks it up. So we'll be waking up on and off throughout the night, whether we're actually aware of waking up or not. And of course, when you've had a bit to drink, you may well wake up several times, but just not remember or just not be aware. So our sleep ends up being really fragmented when we've had alcohol and we don't feel as rested. And the other thing about alcohol is that it blocks our REM sleep, which is really, really important for things like memory and for our emotional and mental health. So this is obviously a really big deal. So 
much as I hate to say this, I'm going to have to take a long, hard look at my alcohol habits and try and change them. Anywho, moving on. So I'm going to talk briefly about naps. Are naps actually good for us? Afternoon naps are, not going to lie, something I've started to do in the last couple of years, but I hasten to add that I don't do it very often, so much so that I actually can't remember the last time I had an afternoon nap. But there have been times where I'll get home from the coffee shop sort of, you know, mid-afternoon, which for me is the danger zone for feeling sleepy. And instead of going straight out for a walk, because I know that will wake me up, I make the huge mistake of sitting down on the sofa for five minutes and subsequently falling asleep. And that has happened a few times. Now, I personally do not like afternoon naps because I always feel really disorientated when I wake up and I really do not like that feeling. But apparently naps can actually be really beneficial, especially if they're no longer than about 20 minutes, which doesn't sound like very long, but you can feel really revived if you have a very quick nap. Whereas if you nap for longer, then you enter that sort of, you know, 90 minute deep sleep cycle, which can then cause you to feel really groggy and a bit shit when you wake up. And the other thing to bear in mind about afternoon naps is that if you're not a great sleeper at night, then they are best avoided. But if you do generally sleep well, then like I said, they can actually be really beneficial in terms of you feeling more alert when you wake up from a quick nap. Um... Now, one thing that I learned that really surprised me, this is so random, apparently kiwi fruit can have a beneficial effect on sleep. Who knew? I certainly didn't. But studies have been done that have shown that kiwi fruit can actually not only help you to fall asleep faster, but it can help you to stay asleep for longer and mean that you actually wake up less during the night. And one thing to add is that you need to also eat the skin. So maybe start eating more kiwi fruit because number one, they're delicious. And number two, they might help you sleep better. Um, so it's kind of a win-win, even if the research is a load of bollocks. Kiwi fruit are great. Um, okay, I'm going to finish this episode with a few tips from Dr. Matt Walker, given he is a sleep guru who actually has his own podcast called The Matt Walker Podcast. So do check that out if you're interested in learning more about sleep. So These are his unconventional tips for your sleep routine. And these are sort of in addition to his more conventional tips, which are go to bed at the same time every night, make sure the temperature in your room is relatively cool. So maybe have a window slightly open and make sure it's dark, which I'm terrible at because I never close my shutters at night as I just don't like sleeping in the pitch black. Anyway, yeah, so here are some of his more unconventional tips. Number one, if you have a bad night's sleep, do nothing. Meaning, don't change your routine, don't get up later, don't go to bed earlier. According to him, it's much better to just carry on as normal because your body will be used to going to bed at the time that you usually go to bed. So even though it might feel tempting to go to bed earlier because you're worried you didn't sleep the night before, this is actually not a good idea. So if you didn't have a good night's sleep last night, try your best to stay up till your normal kind of bedtime. Okay, number two, have a wind down routine. Sleep is like a process and so it takes time to get to the point where we're actually ready to sleep. So have a routine whereby you might have a bath or get into bed and read your book or perhaps do a bit of journaling or you could do like a short meditation or a breathwork session. 
But the idea is to allow your body the time to really wind down. I personally try and read in bed, which frankly usually sends me to sleep. I can't, can barely read past like two pages. It's ridiculous. Um, and we all know the one thing that we're not supposed to do, and that's be on any screens before bedtime. And I find this really, really difficult because I'll often be working on my laptop you know, late into the evening up until the point I go to bed. And sometimes I'll allow myself to watch something on Netflix on my phone when I'm lying in bed, but I try not to do that very often and I tend to do it as a bit of a treat. But the idea is to not, not do that, not touch your screen and find something else that works for you as a wind down routine and stick to it. Okay, number three, the third thing is to not count sheep but instead take yourself on like a mental walk, like visualize that you're on a beach or you're somewhere that you love or in a forest or on a mountain. And my own version of this is that when I lie in bed at night, I'll either think about what I'm grateful for or I'll think about my future life, the things I'm heading towards. But essentially, I think the idea is to visualize anything that makes you feel good. So you're not going over and over something bad that happened during the day, which I think a lot of us have a tendency to do. Alternatively, you can do like a journaling session before you actually go to bed so that you sort of get off your chest anything that's worrying you um, because, you know, you just get it out on the page before you actually go to sleep. Um, And the fourth unconventional tip is to remove all clock faces, including your phone. Because when we wake up in the middle of the night and we can see that it's five past three, then that's just going to stress us out. So remove all clock faces, including your phone. Okay, so there we are. I hope this episode hasn't freaked you out too much, but has instead made you more aware of how incredibly important sleep is and how to hopefully get more better quality sleep. As always, I hope it was useful in some way. Have a fabulous weekend. Remember that you're awesome and um, I'm off to bed. Night, night.